Hello, thanks for tuning in. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. And this is... Being an artist is fucking killing me. Today we're here with Nicole Rosebond, who's an independent dance artist. Would you like to talk about yourself, Nicole? Yes. Um, hi, I'm so glad to be here. Um, I am based in Toronto, born and raised here, and uh, I'm an independent freelance artist in the city. Um, I work with lots of different companies um, all over the city, uh, and I've been working a lot with Toronto Dance Theatre, which has been really great. I just finished a tour with them, which lasted about six months. And, oh, it's um, done now. Yeah, it's it's done now. We have one small um, one small reach out to Quebec. We're going to be in the Saint Sauveur Festival mm-hmm. uh, in August. Um, and yeah, but this season, that's that's pretty much the end of the big haul. Wow. Yeah. That's a long tour, six months. Yeah, it was split up into three sections. Okay. So we had small breaks in between. The shortest break was two weeks in between um, Atlantic Canada and Western Canada. So it was just enough time to unpack, wash everything, and pack. <laughs> and like, get back into the mode. Yeah, totally. <laughs> great. Um, it's the most I've ever toured. Yeah. And I'm in awe of... Artists, musicians, dancers, actors who do this all the time. How many shows did you have? Uh, <laughs> In total, do you know? I th- well, it must have. It was definitely over twenty shows. Let me think. We had uh, six shows in Colombia. Then we had eight shows in Atlantic Canada, and then six shows in Western Canada. Jesus, crazy! Yeah. What was like the biggest shock? to you going on tour um homesickness oh really which i travel a lot like for fun yeah um and i've done tours before certainly not as far as we went with with and for as long but i was quite i was quite surprised at how much i missed being at home um and my community and my friends here and um it was it was interesting. I felt it the most in Colombia when I mean you you touch down and you're you realize you're not anywhere near Canada yeah. at all. Right, it's like completely different. It's culture. yeah, it's like being on a different planet. Um, the plants are different. Like everything's <laughs> different. Like you're looking at a tree and you think I've never seen a tree like that ever before in my life. How long were you guys in Colombia? We were there for a little over two weeks. Okay. Some of the dancers stayed longer. They were able to stay longer. And just, like, travel. And yeah, and just travel and enjoy. Yeah. It was um, it was quite a shock. <laughs> being, being, being. Yes, a culture shock in a really great way. I mean, everything was new and exciting. The food was different. Right. The music we were listening to was different. Everything, and, and that was really exciting. The mm-hmm. weather, um, uh, the... It was really hard to breathe in Bogota. There's about 50% the amount of oxygen. Because um, of the elevation. Because of the right. elevation, mm-hmm. yeah. It's 2690. So, What was the difference performing in that? Um, when we first got there, we uh, uh, the company made sure we had ample time to... Adjust. As much time as we could to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I think every dancer knows that there's no way to prepare cardiovascularly for a dance piece... Um, other than doing the dance piece. Yeah, I mean, it's true. true. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So, but we had time to rehearse and do class. But I, I remember getting off the plane and 
standing on a walking sidewalk with uh, beside Peter Kelly, and I was getting winded. <laughs> Oh, and we just turned to each other like, I don't think we're going to make it. Like, it's not, it's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, it was, it was challenging. I have, I have a very persnickety digestive system, which apparently they don't tell you with altitude sickness, but, um, because your body is so focused on making sure it has enough oxygen, it really puts everything else, uh, to the side. And so digestion kind of just goes out the window. Um, when your body's with, like struggling to get enough oxygen to the yeah, rest of it. Yeah. Like oxygen to the blood, to the yeah. you know muscles. And, and so, um, yeah, that was interesting. Also the fact that a lot of the, we couldn't eat a lot of the food there just out of safety. Yeah. Um, because the food is different. We're not used to. Did you get any shots or anything before? I, I did. <clears throat> some did, some didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I got hepatitis A, not because I was worried about eating, but because we were dancing in bare feet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, stay on totally. stage. Yeah. And I thought if I step on something, I, I mean, you know, um, so. So yeah, without going into too much detail, I I was pretty slim by the end of uh, <laughs> tour. You know when you when you can't eat <laughs> certain foods, so I was eating a lot of. I mean, it was all delicious, but a lot of fried foods and a lot of very ripe fruit. Like it's pretty much ruined pineapple and papaya for me because it was just so good and so sweet that like mm-hmm. here it's not the same. Yeah. So, um, so that, I mean, I don't need to explain any further. <laughs> we were all looking, you know, <laughs> bikini ready by the end of, ooh. Um, so did you guys just run the piece a bunch? Yeah, we had, we had rehearsals. Yeah. And, and I I remember being in, in class, like our first class and we did like a double bounce and we were all, (laughs) 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 which was, um, it's definitely humbling, Yeah, but you figure it out. And I'm lucky that I have this for many ways, but I live in a house with two very wonderful people. Yeah. You live with Danny Grossman and and Patricia, Patricia Beattie. How yeah. did that happen? Um, I've been friends with both for yeah. a while. Uh, Danny Grossman was my first... Danny Grossman Dance Company was my first job outside of school. Oh. When so you graduated from York. When I graduated from York. Cool. Yeah. How long was it after graduating? Uh, five months after. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. hired. And um, it was very much... Whenever, whenever I'm doing uh, studio series with Toronto Dance Theatre, for instance, teaching students... Um, or doing a question and answer, and they say, how did you start dancing? And I always say, this is really unrealistic and not usually how it happens. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how it happened. So I, I, I mean, I, I did some work with Randy Glynn, who was a member of the Grossman Company when I was in school at York. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew, I knew of the company in that way, mm-hmm. um, and they knew of me. But I was, uh, um, I was demonstrating for Donna Krasnow, at CCDT as part of a, a, a course. Okay. And um, Danny had his office uh, up on the balcony at Studio C at the time, and he poked his head out, and I managed to not throw up or <laughs> scream. And uh, he watched our class, and then I guess he said, who's that dancer? He asked Donna. Yeah. And so over the Christmas break, I went downtown, 
all the way up from York, which is a pilgrimage. If you know Especially how far York the is, train wasn't running there, there was no train. There was yeah. a, what? There yeah. was no train. I cannot imagine Toronto without. It was a. It was a. <laughs> that's time. just that's just this year that they yeah. got the subway up. Yeah. There. Like just all the way up to, to York to York. Line four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. God. So. So I, yeah, I went and I printed out my resume, which was like half a page at the time. <laughs> school. Yeah, school. school, yeah. <laughs> I like dance a lot. Please hire Please me. Please hire me. And I'm I, broke. I slipped it under the door at his office. Oh, and that's, I mean, that's all wow. I did. And then I started working as a receptionist um, at uh, the Ministry of Natural Resources. And I ended up um, getting a phone call. Like, they called the office. They called your work. Yeah, they said there's a number. There's a, there's a there's a call for you, and it was Pam Grundy, and she said yes, we'd like to uh, invite you to an audition. And so I went okay, and she said, can you get Monday off? And I said, I'm sure I can. So, luckily at the time, I mean, I don't really believe in luck. I just think it's destiny. But, yeah. Um, my my manager, my boss, his partner, um, or his husband was um was a ballet dancer, a retired ballet dancer. So when I went in and said, I, I have an audition on Monday, he said, do you need the whole week off? And I said, no, <laughs> it's not <laughs> an audition. But super understanding. He was like, what do you need? <laughs> and, um, and so I went, uh, I went to the audition. There were pr- over a hundred people there. Oh, and they wow. took oh two gosh. women and one man. And um, they, like, they put... You know, a number you had to bring mm. your headshot. Like all the uncomfortable parts of auditioning. I hate auditioning. It's the worst. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. It just, you know. I don't think it's really the way that you get to see how people work. No. Or their potential or who they are. No. It's, no. I was just telling yeah. Corinne that <laughs> I went to uh, the Rockettes edition in New York a couple years ago. And it's like a process because you get there at six in the morning and you wait in line outside. Oh, and then yeah. they lead you in and they take your things, like your um, your resumes and your yeah. headshots, and you're like all in the room and they number you off and you have like 10 minutes to get ready in this like space from outside. And like there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of girls that show up for this, right? And then they like lead you up this long hallway in Rockefeller Center and you're just like, st- and they just take groups of 50 girls at a time. <laughs> and, they, and you're just like waiting in this hallway and you're like your heels and bodysuit. <laughs> And then they like teach you one combination in 15 minutes and then they're like perform it and then they cut from there. So I, the first, when I went there, I made the first round and they like, okay, girls that didn't make it, go to this side, girls that made it, go to this side. So we went through this one hallway and we're back into the, another studio. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Like perfect. And then you wait for them to do all of that to everybody. And then you go back in and they do the exact same process. But if you didn't make it, you go to the other side. So I went to the other side and then they just like put you in an elevator and they lead you down the elevator and they're like, all right, here you go. And it's literally like the elevator door to New York street. And you're like, they like throw you back onto the New York street basically. And they're just like, have a great day. I can't like, I no, don't have it. Hundreds no. of girls just oh, like man. right onto the street. No, no, I can't. I'm like, I've never been to New York. I really want to go. People yeah. are like, I think it's so you. And I'm like, I'm way too kumbaya for New York. <laughs> I hug people. I make eye contact. I get into fights all the time. Or people just think I was hitting on them all the time. Because you're you're just a nice person. I'm just a nice human being. <laughs> kumbaya. <laughs> I am. Oh, I mean, I want to go, but 
Yeah. Scary. That yeah. sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Auditions are the worst. Anyway, sorry. So you got with Danny and then... Yeah. Um, yes, I... I so I went to the audition and then they said, well, we'll call you. Yeah. And I got the call a week later and it was Pam again. She said, well, you know, we could only take two women and one man. And I was like, great. Like, just give it to me straight. I know <laughs> I didn't get it. Yeah. Like, just can we get off the phone so I can cry you in the bathroom? She was calling you to tell you that she did Yeah, get it. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. She said it was really difficult. I was like, ah, I understand. She's like, okay, so you were one of them. Because I think she, oh, could figure, she couldn't figure out. Like, I think she realized that I was... <laughs> I was going, I was going downhill in a shopping cart. She's like, "Oop, nope, we're gonna bring you back up." So um, I ran to my boss, and we jumped around in his <laughs> corner office, yeah. screaming Aww. for. Yeah, um, that's so that's amazing. when I I worked with them for two seasons. And Trish, actually, I worked with her um, when I was in my final year as well. Wow! At in university, we she remounted Sea Still, which is a group piece of hers on us and um I guess she she had asked which dancers which of the which of the students wanted to become professional dancers mm-hmm. and um and uh Susan Cash who was the artistic director of the that small company at the time she mm-hmm. said Nicole wants to and I guess I was one of the only ones yeah. so she's, she's like she's great ahead of the program too I think she? so yeah yeah, yeah yeah she's incredible she's an amazing woman Wow. So yeah. yeah, so Trish gave me a, a big role and it was great. We wore so unitards. It was an experience. <laughs> and then you just worked with them for so long that they were like, come move in with us? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, had, we had been friends for a long time and um, there came a point a few years ago where Trish needed someone to take care of her cats while she went away to Mexico. She goes away mm-hmm. every year. And, um, and so I went and stayed in her place mm-hmm. and then kind of rekindled my friendship with Danny and his um, uh, late partner, Jermaine. Mm -hmm. And then Jermaine passed away a little over two years ago, and I needed a a place to stay. Mm -hmm. And um, Danny didn't want to live alone anymore. And so I said, "Um, can I move in here? And he's like, absolutely. So, (laughs) and I couldn't believe it. And then, um, yeah, it's great. It's, when you first told me that, I was... (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were lying. I thought no, you were a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was in so much shock and awe when you told me that. I couldn't believe it. Just like it's such a weird... It's a, Yeah. To, ...to think about. It's a unique situation. Yeah. We, there, uh, yeah. Have yeah. there been any challenges within that situation? Your um, situation? I mean, roommates always have... Like, yeah. it's just yeah. normal roommate things. I think sometimes... It's interesting. You become aware of your age and how busy you are when you're living with two people that are retired. And so oh. there's a lot. There's a lot of times when they're like, like you're always just rushing around, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I and I don't really feel like I am, but you do when you're yeah. suddenly around two people that don't have to anymore. And so right. sometimes I'm super jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm able to relate because of who they are. Totally. Yeah. And they do, you know, yeah. um, and, uh, and they understand. And, mm-hmm. you know, T- Trish is great. She's like, well, you're doing well. I mean, when I was your age, I was in the hospital. So, I mean, dude, good, good job. <laughs> like, I, I mean, you were also like, she was also running a company. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> touring all over the world. So I get it. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> Thank heavens. I can't imagine I can't imagine the things she was doing when she was my age. She, she And same with Danny, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I 
I can barely keep it together. And they like ran their own companies. Yeah. Are they not Very still dancing successful. though? But they're are they still choreographing? Trish ha- uh, hasn't choreographed since two thousand and nine. Okay. So her last piece was High Heart. It was a solo created on Danielle Baskerville, mm-hmm. and um, I got the chance to perform it a few yeah. times. As did Emma Curson, uh, which is great to have an opportunity to do that. She still remounts pieces and is interested in that, but not choreographing anymore. No. Danny is still choreographing. Really? Uh, yeah, and he's actually working on a, a show that will be um, in the third week of June. It's going to be at the Citadel. Oh, that's so, cool. And it's his 75th year. Like, he's 75, so he wanted that's to crazy. make a big thing. And there's three premieres in the uh, in the show. So one, wow. one of them is a duet uh, between uh, Philip and I. Oh, yeah, which is great. It's a huge honor to be to have a new piece. You can't really ask someone like, "Hey, legend, (laughs) do you mind making a piece for me?" me. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I guess you can, but (laughs) I mean, you probably. I mean, yeah, I get kind of. You work with Phil a lot, though. Yes, you've done like tons of partner work with him. Yes, you're like with with Philip. Yeah, yeah, we did. We started working together last summer. Uh, on a piece uh, of Trish's mm-hmm. um, called Radical Light. And so we've, we got to perform that quite a bit and we're trying to perform it a lot more because when you work that hard on a piece, you, you want to like, everyone will see it. You will all watch this. <laughs> you will watch this. Um, <laughs> it's also, I find it interesting, these pieces that are very political, mm-hmm. that were made in the 70s and 80s a lot of Danny's work and a lot of Trish's work and they're still relevant today which is a testament to their choreography and a huge slap in the face to humanity (laughs) that hasn't figured anything out yet it's a testament to them like viewing society and then us not being able to fix it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, the environment, right. Anyway, it's and then like 30 years later, it's worse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so sad. It's, it's embarrassing. Um, so the, the P, uh, Radical Light is about uh, a political prisoner. So Philip plays the role of political prisoner and I play the role of his courage. And, oh, interesting. And um, there's, there's three different sections and um, I play different roles in that. Sometimes I'm, you know, like a guardian angel or guiding, a guiding light or um, an instigator for change or a lover or there's, lo- there's lots of different. Wow. Wear many hats. Was it originally? Co- there's no hats in the costume. You don't <laughs> wear any hats. Just metaphorical hats. Um, was it originally a male-female duet? Yes. Yes. It was originally a male-female duet. It was choreographed on Leary McNichol and uh, Grace Niagawa, who's... Uh, they were both Toronto Dance Theatre dancers mm-hmm. at the time. And... Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting piece. I think that she always had Leary in mind for the role. Leary is a uh, man of color who's a dancer, mm-hmm. and um, uh, there was huge significance with that at the time. And I think I think the roles are universal enough that whoever dances either role mm-hmm. is um, it's important politically. I think it's interesting that. In this day and age, the role is played by a Caucasian male, mm-hmm. and I'm the person of color in yeah. the in the piece, which I find interesting given the political climate and that I feel personally very privileged as a woman of color because 
I feel like I have a position of power. People are listening to women of color way more than they ever have. And I think that's a huge responsibility to be careful what you say and to be careful um, with choosing your words. But I also think it's very interesting that that this is how it came about um, Mm -hmm. with the cast at this point. What's that show then? The, uh, the, the duet that, that's, that's the duet of Trish's. The yeah. duet that Danny's creating is, uh, something much different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that show is, uh, I believe it's the 19th, 18th, 19th, no, 19th, 20th, and 21st. Of June. Of June. June. Okay. okay. 18th, 19th, 20th, sorry. 18th, 19th, <laughs> and 20th <laughs> June. of June. At the Citadel. At the Citadel. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a fundraiser, so, or it's a celebration. The tickets are $50. There was a lot of debate as to whether or not that was too much. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's too much considering who, who is making no, the dance no, it's not. Um, and who's putting on the show. And also the fact that he is ostensibly coming out of retirement in a, in a way. Yeah. Um, his company has not been completely active for a very long time. Right. And um, I think it's really great. It's so important. For young Citadel people to see the show, that yes. many people. So the tickets yeah. are going to sell out. 60, 65 seats. Yeah, that's per great. show. That's small. I'm that's surprised they tiny, even fit 65. Tiny. Yeah, yeah, they really pushed it <laughs> <laughs> for Danny. <laughs> um, so, so it's a huge thing. Um, hopefully, the show will have some legs and we'll be able to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah. Very thankful to be a part of that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> um, do you feel like any sort of pressure when you remount a piece like that? Yes. I've, I've done mostly remounts in my career. I've done not, not a whole lot of um, creative process oh. in my career. Uh, and so there's always been, I mean, my first two seasons with Danny Grossman Dance Company, which were my first two years as a professional dancer, were remounts. And um, the second year, especially, were big shoes to fill because it was a duet, mm-hmm. like a 25-minute duet. And I was terrified. Wow. And I was dancing with Leary McNichol. So that, I mean, pff, <laughs> I was so scared. Um, it is It is a lot of pressure, but I also see it as a chance to become a part of history myself and to mm-hmm. learn a part of history in a way, in a really unique way that you can't buy just watching a piece or reading about it mm-hmm. or, you know, watching it on, on the screen. It's, um, it's a very unique experience to be in a work and to, you know, feel the movement from your own body that was made at a time maybe before I was born. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Because, yeah. I mean, the movement that you would have, if you're doing remounts and Santa mm-hmm. Christmas work, the movement is completely different than the movement that's happening now. Yes. So do you find yes. that it's... Yeah. So for people that are listening and don't understand that, like what, yeah. how to visualize Danny Grossman's work, how would you describe it? Yeah. Um, Danny, I guess it would help to know his process, his mm-hmm. creative process. A lot of the ways that Danny gets inspiration from his work is by um, art and um, he has endless, endless, endless books of paintings and sculpture and print and photography. Mm-hmm. And he uses a lot of those images and creates them into motifs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the uh, movement seems quite can, can seem quite staccato. You're moving mm-hmm. from 
one uh, one gesture to another. Um, they're very extreme with the body. There's a lot of arched backs. There's a lot of um, choreography with the face, with the mouth, um, with hands. It's a lot of things that aren't uh, seen as much now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find um, that slowly in because I watch a lot of dance because I love dance um (laughs) I find that slowly there are some choreographers that are moving back to that idea and um people seem to be feeling more in dance um whether the piece is abstract or not and I really like that I think we're getting so disconnected as a society, and I mean as a global society, despite mm-hmm. the fact that we're connected technologically, we're so um, we're, we're focused so much on divisiveness and on separating ourselves from others and protecting ourselves from others that um, I think we really seek relation and connection and and figuring that out. And I see that a lot in dance now, which is great. And mm-hmm. so I think it's really exciting and inspiring to have pieces like uh, Trish Beatty's and mm. um, and like Danny's work out in the open, having young people and choreographers and dancers see it. Yeah. Because even if it's subconscious, it, it has the power to enrich and potentially move creatively what's going on or right. what has been going on. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's inspiring. Yeah. To see it. I think it's great. And we're not all doing the same thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you, what do you think has been like the hardest, like, uh, what's been like the hardest moment in your career yet? I feel, um, there's hard moments in every aspect. I think there was, a, there are, you know, sometimes it's really hard when you're really busy. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard when you're not busy. And there, you know, there's good points and, and where is that middle ground? Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I'm very fortunate right now that I'm working a lot and it's also sometimes unfortunate that I'm working a lot Mm -hmm. because, um, if I'm, if I'm tired or, (laughs) um, I want to rest or I don't feel like I, um, am handling things particularly well. I feel bad trying to talk about that to other dancers. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> right here. Yeah. Talk you to know? us about it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the same thing with um having an opportunity to work with ostensibly the only full time dance company in the city. Which yeah. is a huge privilege. Mm. And it's also um there's a there's a huge payoff working full-time with a company that tours that does a lot of work in the city you Mm -hmm. had you get a lot of exposure you get to work with all-stars you're dancing with all-stars and Mm -hmm. you're working for all-stars and the guests that come in are the same um uh the guest choreographers and people who outside eyes and things like that you get a lot of exposure and there is almost a celebrity status in the dance community because you're seen all the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're on posters. People know what you're doing. And sometimes there is, um, I, there can be a lack of sympathy for the difficulty that a full-time company job. Right. Because people that are looking just kind of think like, Oh, well they're working. Yeah. So you kind of, so there's that like 
yeah. disconnect on what it actually takes to be, be that dancer. Totally. Yeah. There, it's the idea of social media that, you know, people see that you're yeah. married right. on so, social media and they assume, well, that's great. And you're never lonely or sad and you always get along and look how happy you are all yeah. the time, yeah. which is not, <laughs> it's no. not true. And there's no. challenges in everything. Um, I've never worked as a full-time company member with Toronto Dance Theatre, uh, but I do get to spend long periods of time in that uh, in that role, okay. and it is both exhilarating and challenging all at the same time. Yeah, the work yeah. on your body is the the toll it takes on your body is unreal. Like it was that something you weren't expecting? Um, I was expecting it, but. It's like that thing where you, you know, you go and do a workout and you're like, well, I'm going to be sore tomorrow. And then you wake up. It's like, did a, did a truck run over my bed? Um, and it, so, <laughs> but I mean, you'd still do it because you like it and that's yeah, wonderful yes. and exciting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I challenge members of the dance community to look at each other's, each other's experiences and, and really both understand and respect the challenges that we all have in our own way yeah. and that includes the and that includes the jobs that appear to be completely ideal mm-hmm. yeah um and the lifestyles that appear to be completely ideal whether it's on social media or because you see them at shows and um I, so I think that's that's a huge challenge so I really end up bonding with the other dancers at TDT because they also know how hard it is and we can talk about how hard it is sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and not feel that like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah, yeah. like when you're on tour and you can't stop pooping and you just want to go home and yeah. eat a potato. <laughs> and go to bed. <laughs> and, but you're supposed to be so thankful every moment of every day. Cause you're in this amazing place and being paid to tour and you, it's really, it's both. Right. It's I'm so thankful to be here and I love it and this is so exciting and also I'd like to just cry on my pillow for 20 minutes oh, yeah. and then get on the plane and go home like <laughs> yeah. it's all of those things yeah. Yeah. and that's and that's the reality we get we're very it's very black and white I find in with social media like things are either so great, great. or yeah. they're awful. Yeah, I find it's just like social media doesn't really allow for those new nuanced conversations no. which no. is like. I think the easiest way to connect with people. I remember yeah. talking yeah. to the Hoffa Schechter dancers and they had been on tour for, they were almost done there. Uh, they'd been on tour for a year and a half. I, I don't even know how that happens. Love. And they had been all over the world. They were in Amsterdam. And I remember talking to them and they were all miserable. Yes. Mm. They all were just like, and very vocal about it. Just yeah. like, this is a lot. And they were like, we can't stand each other sometimes. <laughs> oh, says, we can't yeah. have relationships. No. We can't, like, I'm like sad. They they were very vocal. And I mean, a two year, Barbarians in Love was on a world tour for two years. That's bananas. I don't even know how that would happen. There's 10 of them and then they would alternate. Like, uh, there's like 12 dancers total and they would, you know, switch out depending right. on where they were. But still, like, I, think, I mean, you're on tour for six months and then you maybe have a break and then you're back. Yeah. I I can't imagine. And all over the world, not like coming back to their no no their homes. yeah yeah. And touring versus international touring is like touring in, in the country is yeah. so different from touring not in the country. Yeah, which probably, I know now. I mean, I've yeah. had a, a small taste of that, and it is so different. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot more high stress 
Going internationally? Way more high stress. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not sure what to eat. You can't drink the water. You yeah, can't just go to a clinic. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, there's, there's all these, there's all these things that, mm-hmm. you know, and it was interesting doing the Colombian part of the tour first mm-hmm. and then going to Atlantic Canada. And it was just like, <laughs> we were all going, it's going to be great. <laughs> we can brush our teeth in the sink. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> like, we, and it, you learn to be so thankful. I mean, I already am insanely patriotic, patri- uh, patriarchal. That's hilarious. Patriotic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we could go there, but we'd be here. Why do they both sound the same? <laughs> Let's not go there. We're not gonna, we don't have time. Um, I love being Canadian and I'm very proud to be Canadian, but there are times when I travel and I go, wow, I really, really yeah. love and I'm thankful to so, be where I live. Yeah. yeah. So you'd say the hardest part in your career is just been trying to communicate your... I think trying to communicate difficulties. I'm also not a complainer. I'm really bad at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I complain, I feel bad. Yeah. So that's a thing. That's a that's a weird thing because I think that's a lot of women. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we feel bad about being vocal about what's wrong with us or like not wrong with us, but like what's going on in our lives that we're not happy about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like we're very like absolutely placating or like try to make things better all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and especially in, I I feel that I'm at a point like, and this is quite recent. I mean, I spent my whole high school life being supremely awkward and not feeling good in my own skin, and really wishing that I was like someone entirely different than who I was. And um, I wasn't very popular. I mean, I was popular in the sense that I could be like school president, but I wasn't like in the cool group or Mm -hmm. that was really, you know, and there were, there were even teachers who had it out for me because they assumed because of how I looked that I was a certain way. Mm. Um, And, you know, because I have good posture and liked to wear different clothing that they assumed I thought very highly of myself and really made an effort to try and knock me down when really I was already very insecure. So, was, uh, so they just, they succeeded admirably for a long period of time. Public school? Uh, public school and high school. Public school was not so bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was bullied in public school, but the, te- the teachers really liked me. But it was high school. There were a couple of teachers. And the, there were some that I won over. Yeah. Like I was determined to make them like me. And they did. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, bec- I think because of that and coming from a fairly down to earth background uh, of insecurity, there's there's an idea. I, I noticed that the way I'm perceived is far different than who I am really on the inside. And mm-hmm. I mean, like just going to the uh, the Glassfields gala in this massive dress and doing these things because I want to has become a very, it's a very recent idea that me dressing in a way that I want, regardless of whether or not that makes someone feel uncomfortable or bad or annoyed, or, you know, I've spent a lot of my life making other people feel comfortable, which I think is also a female thing. Yes. Um, and not complaining if I feel bad about my body because perhaps my body is more commercially acceptable than mm-hmm. someone else's and right. which is really all it is mm-hmm. and that if I'm feeling insecure about my appearance that at this very moment 
the way I look is seen as a hot trend, like the big curly hair and, you know, Mm -hmm. that like that, that idea is very popular right now. And I think people see that and they think it's always been that way. And it really wasn't like, it was really not in the (laughs) nineties at all. Did you try like when when the, like, yeah. the straight hair trend was in? Were you did you ever yeah. try to like? Oh yeah, I hid behind all sorts of hats, and I had my hair in a bun, and mm-hmm. I would try and straighten it. And I burnt it a bunch of times. I mean, all all the things that we try and do, and kids are mean, so they're going right. to pick yeah. on whatever thing you've got. And for a while, that was the large. I mean, it still is the largest part of my body. So so that's <laughs> so it's a really easy target. Um, but but. I think people see me as someone who might see me as someone who always has it together all the time and Mm -hmm. is really super uber confident all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not the case. Right. And, uh, (laughs) my social media is not real. Like it's not not reflective of how you're not. Yeah. An accurate portrayal of my life. And I'm very thankful for my life. And I have a lot of, really amazing things going on in my life. Mm. And I'm very thankful for that, but I don't, I don't overshare on social media. Like I don't post when I'm having a bad day and when I'm feeling insecure. And I think everybody and every dancer has those days, Mm -hmm. even the ones that are, that's, that seem Mm -hmm. to have it all together or that Mm -hmm. seem to be a huge celebrity, you know, people who run dance companies, people who, are really in the spotlight, who are making dance festivals, who are doing all these exciting things. We're all human. We all have our struggles. We're all working yeah. through it. And Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I remember one time we were talking, I think we were at GMD, and there was a dancer, I forget her name, and she's very tall and beautiful. And I was saying, I was like, she is so talented and a beautiful dancer. And you said to me, and it's such a testament to the dance world that she's not working right now. Yeah. Do you remember what do you what did you mean by that? I think um, I I heard this wonderful quotation, which is pretty much everything that Margie Gillis says is a wonderful quotation. Yeah. Um, but she she sat us all down. We were, I went to a workshop of hers, and just just heads up, if you're ever going to a workshop with Margie Gillis, there will be a point that you will do the ugly cry in public. That <laughs> in is that's a given. Yeah, yeah it's cool. going to happen. It. It's okay. going to be great. Okay. There will be support. It will happen for you. That is a success. <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes it's during an improv section. You're just like, oh, here it all comes. Um, and so for me, it would happen about twice a day. And um, uh, but she sat us all down and she said, if you are not working right now, that is not, that does not reflect on your abilities or talent as a dancer. Mm-hmm. And she said, it is important that everyone knows that whether or not you are working should not be wrapped up in your feelings of self-worth because it does, they don't belong together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she said, we're in a crisis in terms of art support and arts funding, Mm -hmm. especially in Toronto and, um, all over Canada, I would say all over Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. And we uh, left Calgary because it was so bad there. Yeah. And it, coming here, I was like, it's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was it's like, so where shocking. are you from originally? Yeah. 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 Shocking. Yeah. It is, it is shocking when you go to another place and you realize how, how much more money they have for arts or for dance. And you think, what am I doing again? Like, why am I yeah. just going to pack up my stuff? Mm. Um, 
I'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, she said she said just because you're not working, it doesn't like that does not mean you're a bad dancer. No. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I wish that was something that I've heard all through university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's something they should be telling people. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Universities, conservatory programs, everything. If you want to be an artist in any fa- like facility, mm-hmm. like just because you're not working doesn't mean you're not. What yeah, you're not doing talented. is not valuable. Yeah, yeah. or you and, don't have talent. Yeah, yeah. And changing your idea of what a successful dance career is, and maybe it's this not is, dancing all the time. This is yeah. what we've been discussing over the last yes. little while. Like, what? How do you measure Define. success in? an arts career and try and like not attach it to like monetary value. Uh-huh. Right. Like how can you just be successful and be happy? Yep. And that's probably going to constantly change throughout your entire career. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I don't know if any of us, any of us gets into modern dance for the money. No, no, but that is I know I are local. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yes. But I've, I've been reading a lot of uh, books and a lot of articles online and, and listening to people talk about changing your idea of what you think something is. And we're so conditioned mm-hmm. from zero years as mm-hmm. to what success looks like in, in all sorts of areas, in, yes. in um, relationships, relationships mm-hmm. in, in jobs, in terms mm-hmm. of... And it's interesting how quickly, even though we're in the arts, how quickly we look at frequency and money and, you know, fame, mm-hmm. success, and base our values on that. That are mm-hmm. that really belong more in a much different career, yeah. Perhaps like I don't know, a normie norm career. Norm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're normals. We we have normie norms is our yeah career. yeah yeah. Like I, I I loved when so you think you can dance came out, and I had I really was happy to sit down and explain to people why I didn't want to audition. Yes, yes. Everybody asked that. <laughs> yes, yes. What? What? Yeah, yeah. God. And I was and I was totally. I didn't find it. I mean, it was annoying like the 40th time, but I was happy to explain like, no, no, this is, this is why I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they would say, but don't you want to be famous? And I said, no, I don't want to be famous. I want to be Ugh. successful. Yeah. And they said, well, isn't that the same thing? And I said, no. no. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Also to be real, those, so you think you can dance winners. What do they do? They're on the show. They go on um, a workshop tour. Yeah. And then they just get like, that's and they it. Disappear. And then they disappear. Yeah. 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 So, so what are you really gaining from that? Yeah. Monetary fame. Yes. A small, a small amount. And for, if that's what you want, then great. Yeah. That's like, a very short yeah. career yeah. for that. It's tiny. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's very similar to like a secondary program that we were talking about where you're like, you're working, you're working, you're working. Now go really work. Mm-hmm. So but they don't give you the skills to like figure out how to do that. No. Yeah. I don't know how to write a grant. I've written two. Not well. Didn't what? get them. <laughs> I like struggle that all <laughs> Like every time we write a submission, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> How does anyone even? And the, the thought of like there, I'm at a point in my career where I, I think I feel I kindly like I finally have the the huevos I call it because I don't have cojones and I don't want them. Um, and <laughs> in Spanish, <laughs> you say. Huevos, like for a woman, she has the eggs, which I love. So I feel I finally have the huevos to go up to a choreographer and say, I would love for you to make something on me. Yeah. 
and I actually I had a conversation with Karen Kaja about it where I was like how on earth does that even happen like what would I do like please tell me and she was so lovely and wonderful and and really gave me like a step by step and was like I know we're just talking over drinks right now so if you actually want to talk about it further and like write things down let me know yeah Oh, so um, which is so She's great. Yeah. yeah. There are so many people in the community who are willing to do that. And, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how, and there's, there's going to be a, like, I'm going to have to real soon, real soon. Yeah. If I want to do the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that makes me break out into a cold sweat. I've been very fortunate that I've just had people be like, I'm making a piece, be here at this time. And I'm like, great. And I just show <laughs> yeah. up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, even at TDT, all the all the grants are taken care of. Yeah. You just walk into that building; it's yeah. re- it's really sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of hard work, Christopher included, writing grants and figuring that all out before you just pull <laughs> up in your sweats. Like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> so, Complaining about how tired you are. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I spent hours on this grant. <laughs> You dance. Um, yeah, this is this is happening. Um, yeah, so it's uh, so that's something. Mm-hmm. You know, you never stop learning. You've been lucky, and you've had like you've danced for wonderful choreographers in the city, yeah. and wonderful, I mean, creators, artists. Has there ever been a moment in your career where they, where someone you don't have to name who, has asked you to do something or um, pushed you in a way that you didn't feel right? Yeah. Oh, yes. And then you just, and you regret like going with it or have you spoken up about it to them? Um, and if so, how did you go? I guess? Like how did that like, go? How did that, how did that go? conversation go? Yeah. I was re- actually, the first time it happened was when I was in university and uh, York University has a program or a course called the York Dance Ensemble. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you have four hours um, from 4.30 to 8.30, four nights a week. And that's the course, and you're rehearsing, making dance, fundraising, that's a lot. touring. That's a big commitment. Yeah, it's a huge commitment. Yeah, and um, then on certain days, you like on sometimes on um, you'd get time off of school because it's all it all it all works into the program, and we would go and do school tours mm-hmm. at like eight thirty in the morning. That's an early time to dance in a gym, even when you're 18. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> you really learn if you want it. You really... That's when I roll after that. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, hard on those Achilles. Uh, so, uh, but uh, within that, there was... So they had... They commissioned choreographers all the time to come in. And we had some real... I mean, I got to work with Andrea Nan, Julia Applin. Um, uh, you know, there were pieces remounted by Randy Glynn who he did that piece on the Grossman company, Trish B. I, I, we were really, really spoiled with who we got to work with. And there was one uh, hip hop uh, choreographer who came in. He was very young, um, very talented. Mm-hmm. And um, he wanted us to do this hip hop dance. And it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't lascivious. It wasn't there. It wasn't any of that. I mean, hip hop, <laughs> hip hop then is so different from hip hop today. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's when I realized how old then, I like... am. Yeah, like, like, and that at the t- at the time it was pushing the envelope. Okay. But I mean, it would have been you could have done you could do that for preschool kids yeah. now. <laughs> um, and I am not a hip hop dancer at all. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how to do it. I'm not trained in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that as the only 
member of the company who is of color that while everyone else could be seen as dancers who were doing a hip hop dance, I would be seen as, oh, she's in her element. Like this is her home. And I felt um, that it was inauthentic. I felt like I was lying and I felt like it was disrespectful to hip hop dancers who are the community. amazing yeah. and who've worked for so long. And um, I didn't feel I could do the piece justice and I also, it didn't feel right for me. It's not, it's not, um, uh, I also have huge issues with the music, hip hop music, with the way it talks about women, with the way people talk about each other mm-hmm. in, in the music and with what it perpetuates and how um, it's the reason that there's a lot of young people who get into gang violence and drugs and die. Mm-hmm. Sure. It, it really glamorizes a lot of unfortunate parts of um, the world. And uh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And there's some hip hop that doesn't do that, that I love immensely. Mm-hmm. And there's some hip hop that does do it, that I still love and listen to secretly. You know, don't tell anybody about yeah. so. <laughs> Did you have a conversation with that choreographer then and, be, and um, tell him how you were feeling? I, I, I actually, I went to the artistic director and I said, okay. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel I can't be in this piece yeah. um, for these reasons. And it was Susan Cash. Mm-hmm. And she was so <clears throat> plugged in and happy to oblige that she said, fine, I respect your decision. I'm oh, taking notice. That's great. Yeah. And, um, I was really, really thankful for that. And, uh, the choreographer was quite offended. I don't think he needed to be, but Cause it wasn't about him. It really wasn't. Yeah. Um, but I, I was very, I was very adamant about, uh, my feelings as a feminist and as a woman of color and how I'm portrayed in hip hop culture. And I said, I don't want to perpetuate that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be a part of that, mm-hmm. especially just starting my career that, totally. you know, mm-hmm. thinking about like the lifetime of Nicole, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, 40 years from now, hopefully that someone's going to interview me. And then a picture of that would pop up and I'd go, Oh, okay. But that's not really, <laughs> you know, yeah. That was like 20 yeah. year old me. Yeah. 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 Doing this one thing, but it would be like, let's put her in, Let's show that, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I felt that I I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and there have been times where I've said I don't feel comfortable doing this movement. I, um, there was actually, uh, there was another piece, there was another work, there was a choreographer, and she was really experimenting with a male dancer being quite aggressive and forceful on a female. Mm. And um, I'm a survivor of uh, abusive relationships, of, mm-hmm. of uh, assault, um, and I felt very uncomfortable. And it wasn't the re- you know everything has its place. There's a reason for everything. I'm okay with nudity in dance for certain reasons if it's necessary and if it's authentic. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with the yeah. sexuality and certain things. I'm yeah. in in dance and especially violence and but it needs to be for a reason and I I couldn't yeah. understand why it was there and I also felt for me it wasn't necessary and I wasn't even in that part of the dance oh. but I couldn't even I felt uncomfortable being in the rehearsal and watching it and I and and there was a point where I I said I ha- I have to I can't be in this dance 
if mm-hmm. it, and I respect that you need to go forward with this creatively, but I I will be I can't go through with it. Mm. Yeah. And um, she she actually wanted to change the she didn't like the way things were going either. Okay. And wanted to change it. Okay. Um, and so that was kind of best case scenario. It's yeah. like I agree with you. I don't like it either. But yeah. Um, um, yeah. Did it have like a personal connection for her? Did she mention that, or was it just like she want I want to touch on these stereotypes or touch on yeah. these like gender it was, dynamics? It was the development of a character, okay. and the character suddenly had these ideas. Mm. Um, and so she was playing with that idea of him, of him having a, an abusive, of a past of being an abuser. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, yeah, it was very challenging and I was quite surprised at how challenging it was for me. Mm-hmm. So I felt I, I can't, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she, again, she was very supportive and very understanding. So that's good. Yeah. But yes, there are times, and I'm sure that I can't think of any now, but I'm sure there are times where I've gone ahead with something and then and regretted it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> or gone, okay, I'm not going to do this again. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about your nails? Yes, we can talk about my nails. And like, I've been creeping your social media, so what are you, what are you, what are you doing right now? <laughs> so it just finished. Yeah. And um, uh, Marie Lombin uh, contacted me. Okay. Whom I've always wanted to work with and have been like been fangirling her for ages. Um, and uh, she's a super talented choreographer. And she was asked to choreograph some uh, uh, some dance excerpts for this art film mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Sarah Swinars, who is... Um, she's a visual artist? She's a visual yeah. artist. And she's the artist in residence right now at the Art Gallery of Ontario. Oh, wow. So super. she decided to have... She, she's... Um, she was paid a certain amount, you know, she, she gets paid a certain yeah. amount of money with the residence and residency. And she wanted to put some of that into making this uh, film. So yeah. she bought the rights to this beautiful song mm. and she has, she had these ideas and images and some of them included dancers. So um, anyway, one of the shots was we had, we were touching our faces and kind of pulling, uh, pulling our skin um, she has, she has, uh, she's really interested in the commercialization of, of color, like how that's changed over the years, like how vibrant cool. color is now yeah. when, when you manufacture it and in material things and in making, uh, makeup, for instance, like how blue now versus blue eyeshadow yeah. in the 1950s is yeah. hugely different. Um, but also how that's changed femininity and and the idea of womanhood and all these things and um uh manufacturing fake flowers for instance all these things so so she um uh so she got four uh, she got money to get four dancers together and she said anyway i'd like you to all get your nails done (laughs) (laughs) and so we went okay so it was part like we were we were paid it was very luxurious and wonderful it was one of those like is this my life moments where we all finished rehearsal and then we all went and went to a salon and got our nails done and that sounds so fun yeah she wanted these like long pointy bright red talons which really speaks near and dear to my heart and I I have long nails often but you can't get them this long and pointy without them being acrylic. And I've never had fake nails, but I'm, it's really fun. 
I love them. And yeah. I can't stop. Every time I touch something, I feel like I'm displaying it, like on the prices, right? Like this pillow, <laughs> this window. It's very Vanna White. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pressing elevator buttons. We're like, wow, it's like a movie. Um, Have you had troubles picking things up? Yes. Like texting? Yeah. Yeah. Texting is challenging. Uh, I tried to type an email on my computer and it was a terrible it's mess. It's like four letters. <laughs> <laughs> so many numbers and pound signs. It's like, no. It just looked like I was swearing. and So, yeah, l- new challenges. Peeling an orange, piece of cake. Oh. No problem. There you go. Um, yeah. Putting my hair in braids, so easy. Like, to part my hair. Like, oh, it's yeah. Just, <laughs> so, but, yeah, I've decided that I'm going to keep them for as long as humanly possible. Because <laughs> they're a joy. You do other, you, besides dance, do you do some acting stuff, too? I have done some. Yeah. Very minimal. And um, uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I have huge respect for my friends who are actors who can do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I'd go completely insane. That world is so different. I've right. Some, we I've just talked some... to an actor. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, it was a... interesting. Just like audition processes, just like processes for work or yeah. I, yeah. Crazy. Such yeah. a switch that would be so hard to go back and forth to, I think. Yeah. Or to like only do it once in a while. Yeah. Would be super challenging, I think. Yeah. And having an agent and having them ask things of you. I feel like I'm too... I mean, I've always been kind of like an old lady Mm. in my head, but I feel like I'm way too much of an old biddy to... Like, they were saying, you need to lose 10 pounds. I'm like, well, you need to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> like, I would just, I would refuse to do anything no that one's ever dramatically said that changed. Oh, in all dance, the time. In the dance Yes. Really? What? Endlessly. I mean, not dance makers. No. No. Uh, but, I, yeah, I've had, I've had mm. huge challenges with, with uh, body image and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, with my height and with my size that I struggle with uh, all the time. And had disorderly eating habits as a teenager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How tall are you? Five seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. People think you fit into a certain size pants and you don't have that issue, and it's just so wrong. No one's ever skinny enough ever. No. Oh, no. And, and you oh, like yeah. you have a booty like me. Like yeah. we have booties. Dancers. Yeah. We have butts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm shaped like a woman. That seems to really bother a lot of people. Yeah. Mostly the people who make clothes for women. Yeah. It's really a challenge, a challenge to find clothes sometimes, but I, I, I am very public about the fact that it is, it is not easy to, yeah. And wh- whoever you think has like a perfect body or whatever mm-hmm. in your mind in dance, it's, ne- it's never, it's never good enough. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you feel like this, but I'm, I'm quite tall as well. And mm-hmm. I always feel like I wish I was so much shorter. Totally. Because in the contemporary oh. dance world, there's yeah. so many petite dancers yeah. working. Yes. I find anyway. And I was always told that I had like more of a, like a ballet, but like too thick ballet body. Yeah. <laughs> because I had like shoulders and butt, mm-hmm. but I was like muscular, but I was just too tall for contemporary dance. Yeah. Which is like complete crap yeah and it was super it's so it's so much garbage and so yeah i'm fine one and i feel like i'm too short yeah yeah see it's it's all no one's happy yeah no one's happy happy. um i was i'm really thankful that i got to work with early in my career both danny 
and Trish mm. because Trish is always, well, thank goodness you're tall. And I'm like, what? Like, and it was really the first person <laughs> yeah. that's ever said that. Mm-hmm. And she likes working with tall women. Now, when she does group pieces, she has dancers of all different heights because mm-hmm. she wants that. Mm. Um, and Christopher too has been like, no, no, you need to be exactly who you are, yeah. like your size and everything. And, and he's like, you're trying to like, even with my posture, I didn't know yeah. that I was trying to be shorter. And he mm-hmm. really was like it's imperative that you stop doing that. <laughs> did, you get, did you get tall really quickly? Or did you, would you, that's not something wrong. Cause I, I would, was always kind of just yeah. a little bit taller than. Well, my shoulders were a huge issue for so long. Cause mm. I would hunch trying to be smaller yeah. in so many different, like yep. in high school and everything. So I would like stand like this and it took me like year, like yeah. years of like self growth to like realize yeah. that like you can stand like, Tall. Oh yeah, yeah. It's fine. You and like the, the like, I I the would do jetting. the Mr. Ugh. Burns head. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is great if you have yeah. a chiropractor that really needs to pay off some bills. That's <laughs> <laughs> great for the chiropractor. Throwing money out. <laughs> I just have all of my funds. Um. So that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Huge body, like huge body issues, and then the yeah. fact that like I started dancing in the classical dance field. Like I, like I went to ballet school for a summer program and they said, you don't have the right look for ballet. And I knew exactly Uh, what they meant. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. And and it's not even like at that point, it wasn't even my body type. It was like, Oh, you mean I'm, I'm too dark to be a ballet dancer. Oh, like like I, I had a, like I had a ballet teacher who was like, well, no one's ever going to take you for the core. And I said, good. I'll just be a soloist. And then like, <laughs> earned, I was 14. I earned her respect immediately. Like it was like, fine, put a crown on me then. I'll be sleeping beauty. Um, I would be a god. <laughs> damn. No problem. <laughs> Swan queen. Here I come. Well, you just saw all that with Missy, Missy Copeland. Missy Missy Copeland. Copeland. No, no, the oh. recent stuff. I don't follow anything. She, like, people I'll find were out coming about at like her two about years ago. being cast as Swan Queen. Because there's that pirouette section, or Fuate section, that's 32 Fuates. And she just yeah. fell off her leg, She I fell think. off her leg. Yeah. Oh, the fu- yeah. yeah. Okay. And she, like, she only did, like, half of it, but then she, like, mm-hmm. like, because she's a it, professional, it looks, she, like, yeah. made something up, she yeah. continued on, she ended where she had to end. Yeah. People were coming at her, but like, oh, yeah. this is why she's over-dramatized. She and, should never have had this role. Yeah. Which is such crap. Oh, yeah. American Ballet Theater should have never cast her. She shouldn't even be here. I was just like, who? Oh, I know. And like on her social media, she just like posted the whole thing. She was like, here it is. She's like, I make mistakes. Like everybody else. Hi, I'm I'm a person. Despite the fact that I have a superhuman physique. Yeah. I am a human being. Yeah. And like you, she's probably done that show a hundred times. You can mess up once. Like you can have a small. I mean, excuse me. Like Karen Kane did a jeté and landed in the orchestra pit. She still had an amazing career. <laughs> and she speaks about it often and publicly, like, oh yeah. That's right amazing. in there. Like, woo! <laughs> I think someone someone like threw their instrument and caught it. Like it was very oh, chivalrous wow. because like here comes a dancer. Like, what do you <laughs> drop your trumpet? You like, yeah, I, I yeah. You I, continue I, to play. <laughs> just let her fall. You just 
You just <laughs> capture and keep. You actually like French horning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I you mean, extend the trombone and catch her like that. Yeah. I think, and I think social media has a lot of great, great, great positives. But I think our expectation of people, especially women, to be perfect all the time is profoundly mm-hmm. annoying and unrealistic and detrimental yes to mm-hmm. people's well-being mm-hmm. mental health yeah i'm not going to wake up in the morning and contour for you so you feel more comfortable with the fact that i look closer to my i don't contour i don't know how to <laughs> but like i'm not going to do that what to go to tim hortons and get a sandwich because i ran out of eggs so that the rest of the world feels comfortable with the fact that i look closer to the image of like i'm not going to put on that red ball gown to go grocery shopping, mostly no. because I think I'd step on it. But yeah. also, because, like, I'm not going to do that because you saw an image of me and I don't look like that. Like, that's a picture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm me. And Misty doing a million amazing shows. Then people go, oh, look, she's human. Like, yeah. thank goodness. Right. Yeah. I respect her so much more for how she reacted to it. Yeah. 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 Owning it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's great, man. Um, Nicole, tell us, how is being an artist fucking killing you? Or is it? <laughs> um, in some ways, it's killing me. In some ways, it's really helpful given who I am as a person. Yeah. Uh, I'm in pain all the time. Mm-hmm. My back is in spasm all the time. Uh, I didn't know this because it's my normal. I'm like, ooh, I feel a pinch. And I, yeah. I was actually in Halifax, and I went to this amazing massage therapist slash osteopath. She was just... She just walked, waltzed in. She said, I'm also an osteopath. Can I? Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Touch me. Like, fix me. Do all everything. Me. <laughs> I'm like, please. Um, uh, and, she, you know, I said, yeah, I'm just feeling a bit tense. And she put her fingers on my body and she said, Nicole, your back is in spasm. And I was like, no. And she said, yes, I can't massage this. And I was like, no, come on. You can just do a little. <laughs> just touch She's God. like, no, I can't. I can't. And so she, she did, you know, luckily because she was an osteopath, she did other things. But I, I realized that these things that I'm feeling, that we're so used to being in discomfort all the time, mm-hmm. uh, that, um, uh, yeah. So in that way, physically, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad at resting. So so I think that's a, something that's very real, that the, the reason that dancers are so amazing performing is because their bodies and their minds and their hearts and their souls are connected but that also means if you're upset about something (laughs) it comes out (laughs) so many ways show (laughs) itself in horrible very visceral ways uh, in your body so yeah I mean I'm also at the point in my career I'm 35 injuries come up and they don't go away now so uh, you know there's a time stamp at some point on my career that there will, there will come a point where I might choose to stop because Mm -hmm. of the amount of injuries I have, because dancing hurts so much because these things, I'm not there yet. Thank goodness. Um, but that is a reality. Um, what do you think you'll, do you have any ideas on what you want to do after? So many. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. And talking about going back to talking about arts funding and going, going to different places. I, I, I had a feeling that traveling Canada would be a huge experience for me uh, spiritually, and um, alone? Uh, no, uh, with touring. Okay, which is, 
I mean, Colombia was incredible, but mm. to be paid to go from one end of the country to the other and to perform and show yourself mm. and then explore these different places is a huge gift. Mm. And yes. I, 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 I was just like, wh- when, when would I get a chance to go to Vernon? I don't know anybody in Vernon. Apparently I do. Vernon, you see? Yeah. yeah. I do know people in Vernon. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. But um, <laughs> I went to Whitehorse and had this massive spiritual experience. I fell in love with Whitehorse yeah, in a way that I... It's just like a, such a different place. Yeah. Because yeah. it's such an isolated place in the world. Yes. And it's not even that isolated, but like... But not, yeah. but yeah, it totally. Yeah. And being this close to nature, I'm holding my hand <laughs> to my nose. <laughs> it's it's right there. The ravens are the size of my torso. There's, mm-hmm. everyone has a dog and they all want to say hi to you. The arts are <laughs> the huge. Best. Like you're a person. Did you want? Can I sniff you? It's gonna be great. Um, It's this small town kind of feel, but everyone's kind of a hipster and super pagan, and they love the arts and and Whitehorse and Whitehorse. That's where it's huge. Two people from the University of Calgary dance program are from there. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and um, Mika is also from Whitehorse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's tons of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Aaron, Aaron Poole, and I were roommates. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me talking about it. When we got there and we're just kind of like, we felt this like cult, like pull, like Ooh. people would come up to you and, and I, you know, they'd say, well, how are you liking it? How are you liking Whitehorse? Like strangers. They just, yeah. And I'd say, oh, it's so beautiful. And they'd say, yeah. When are you moving? <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. Next year. I'm not sure. This is a lot. Because <laughs> you're just feeling all these things and. I, I felt, you know, the day before we left, I felt that like, like I was going to cry all the time. Like it was just, it was this huge, uh, spiritual and physical pull to be there. Mm-hmm. And the people are so lovely. And yeah, they were always saying things like, well, that means you're next. <laughs> what? <laughs> Aaron, you know, we were talking about that and she, we were, we were all in the change room and she said, it's kind of like this drink the Kool-Aid thing, which would be mm. really creepy if I didn't want to. Drink, drink the, the Kool Aid. Like, I want to drink it too. Yeah. And the arts there are huge. Yeah. And there's hardly any dancers, and there's a lot of money, and they want you to have it. And there's all these amazing festivals, and it was just all of a sudden all these things that I wanted to do that I thought weren't possible unless I married a drug dealer, got involved in the mafia, yeah. just things that it was like, right, right, right. I'm just going to become yeah. a yeah. contract killer. I already have lots of black clothes. So I can choose my hours. I can lift a body. It's going to be great. Rather than having to break the law repeatedly, I thought there's, there's, I, I could do these things here. I could, there are things that I want to do for the arts. And I've been given so many gifts by the people I've worked with and the people I live with. And I want to be able to give back, but there's just no, just no money. (laughs) And, um, over because of an oversaturation of people and artists, you think? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think also what we value right now. Um, and it's unfortunate that we have to give certain things value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish it could be once again, very kumbaya. I I feel that there's a place for everything that's going on in dance Mm -hmm. and it all has equal value. And I feel that bringing back, Remounting pieces and showing the importance of our dance history is just as important and it's not seen as as important right now. And yeah. I think that's slowly changing, which is great. Yeah. Um, and TDT is really helping that 
change with this huge Metcalf grant that Christopher and TDT received. And he's yeah. remounting pieces and glass fields was like a raving success. And that show was beautiful. And he's really paved a new path where, Hey, maybe this is worth it. And so yeah. I think that can have a great tumble down effect. Mm. Um, but that's something I really want to do. Anyway, I fell in love with white horse. Who knows? Do you want to move there? I could totally move to Whitehorse. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I know. I'm as shocked as you are. I'm shocked as you are. <laughs> so that's what you think. Yeah. It could be. I mean, arts administration. I, I feel that dance is important to me and I feel that dance is important to the world. Mm-hmm. And I also had a huge experience when I was teaching up at York a couple of years ago, teaching non-majors people who've never danced before or danced a little bit. And they had to write an essay about how this class had maybe changed them or changed the idea of of dance. And I read all of these, um, all of these essays while crying. And (laughs) I cried a lot. And um, was so moved and, and, and surprised by how much this short experience had touched their lives Mm -hmm. and how dance had made uh, the world a better place for them mm-hmm. and made them feel better about themselves or made them feel more connected. And mm-hmm. even if it was small things, I didn't feel good about my body because it's this, but I realized I could do all these things and mm-hmm. I had no idea yeah. and I feel better or I'm, I felt very insecure and I did this little show and now I feel like I can do more things mm-hmm. or my mom always bugs me or my, my mother-in-law always bugs me to go to dance shows and I don't want to. <laughs> and now I'll go because Aww. I feel like I can talk about it. Yeah. I feel nice. like there's a place for me to go. And, and I think that we have this lovely little dance community, but it's so insular mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. in a bubble. And that's part of the reason why we have no money. Because mm. it's not accessible, or it's not yeah. that accessible to people on the outside. People think, well, I don't know about dance. I can't. Yeah. You know, even there's there are some parts of the dance world that I feel like, well, oh, God, I wouldn't go to that. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I wouldn't know how to talk about it. Yeah. And I'm in dance all the time. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, in the deep end. Mm-hmm. So I think making dance more accessible to mainstream without feeling we feeling that we need to make it like, so you think you can dance. There already is that huge component. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't need to dilute the art to no. make it accessible. Yeah. No. And I think it's, that's also great. But yeah. I, I think, you know, we can make contemporary dance accessible. Mm-hmm. And I think that involves things that maybe we don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like, how is our choreography, how can we make our choreography more accessible? Are there ways we can do that Mm -hmm. within our community, but also Mm. um, with, you know, to show it to someone who doesn't dance and maybe it's not full of total inside jokes and things that we all know about. Like, Yeah. yeah, okay, I totally understand that motif where it's like, okay, well, Herb Crenshaw, the accountant, from Oakville is not going to understand that and might feel not in the club and might not want to come to another dance performance. Yeah. Or he might, I don't know, but right. That there's a place for accessibility and all of that mm-hmm. in dance. Totally. Hmm. Anyway, that's my goal. That's lovely. I think that's a great place to end. To end. Great. Yeah. Great. Is Thank there... you so much, Nicole. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Thanks, Nicole. This has been so fun. I want to do it like a hundred more times. Right? Yeah, so we can. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Since the last one, no one wants to come. Right. Right. I'll yeah. come in with new nails. We'll talk about it yeah. the whole we'll time. We'll talk about feminism yeah. that time. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about feminism, nails, white horse. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Like yeah. a show or a piece of work? Yes. Um, yeah. Two things that I'm going to be working on um, that have performances. So one of them is... Um, Silver Venus with Andrea Spaziani at Dance Makers. Uh, oh. That will be at the end of April. Um, cool. It's very exciting and wild and wonderful and quite an experience. <laughs> um, and she's got a great group of people together um, that I'm very thankful to work with. So please come to that. Yes. Okay. Um, and also Danny's show, which is another performance that's near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, that's starting on the 18th of June. Please come to that also. Yes. Okay. Save your pennies. Awesome. Save your pennies. <laughs> Thank you guys Thank for listening you. so much tonight. And tonight, today. Sure. Thank you so much it's for listening It's dark. Today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah. So long. Bye. 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 <laughs>